This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Hello, I'm Rue. Uh, I'm Layla. Hello, I'm Shazia Mirza, and I'm a comedian. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Shift Run Stop. Welcome, welcome to you too. No, you can't welcome us, we're welcome oh. you. <laughs> We're busy welcoming you right now. You're here, you're here all the time, so you don't need to be welcomed. We've been welcomed into your personal space. <laughs> okay. It's nice to be welcomed, though. Hello. Are you going to Edinburgh for the festival? I am, yeah. yeah. I didn't go last year. I've done it five years in a row, uh, and so last year I didn't go, so I'm going to go this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm doing a new show. It's all it's all new material. Some of it will be about my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it will be about relationships and then other, there's other things in there that I'm going to talk about as well. Cool. Do you know what the title's going to be yet if we want mm. to look it up? Yeah. It's, 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 not, not, it's not been revealed yet. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> not, ready, not ready to announce that yet. No. I was going to call it What Will the Neighbours Say? Because that's all my mum and dad say mm. all the time. Anything I do. Right. Oh, what will the neighbours say about that? No, you can't do that. What will the neighbours say? So who gives a shit about the neighbours anymore? I don't even haven't lived in Birmingham for twenty years. Like they don't even know who I am. And it's their favourite phrase. What will the neighbours say? So I was going, but then I thought it's so much, too much of a cliche, actually. So I thought I'm not going to call it that. So I've called it something else, mm. but it hasn't been revealed yet. Have you? Are you? Are you flat sharing this time? Have you found no, where you stay? I'm past that. Yeah. I, I used to flat share all the time in Edinburgh. I'm going to get my own flat. Nice. It's, it's, <laughs> no doubt somebody will knock on my door and go, "Can I crash on your sofa for three weeks?" <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to lie and you have to say things like, "Oh, well, my mum's coming." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> watching the next generation quite a lot lately just because it's it has a kind of comfortable familiarity to it and it's quite nice to watch when you're having your dinner does it remind you of your childhood i think that's what it is yeah i remember the first time i ever saw uh john luke picard Mm. that's his name isn't it the patrick stewart character yes did I say it right? Not, yeah, not Jean Luc. Ca- Captain not Picard to you, I think. Oh, Captain. Okay. Well, I, I was over over familiar. Is Jean Luc? Yeah. Jean, he goes French, doesn't he? Yeah. He, well, he is French, but is he? people call him Jean Luc. I think in an English sort of way, but it's I suppose it's Jean Luc. Does he frown at them? Uh, no, because French, he, the Frenchman would. He talks with an English accent, even though, and sometimes slightly Scottish, which is a bit disconcerting. <laughs> And then sometimes he'll just go, merde, like he's French. I didn't even realise his character was supposed to be French. Yeah, he is, yeah, he's totally supposed to be French, but Goodness. he's got the most English voice of anyone you... What was the first time you saw John? I want to well, I I get this on tape. I was in Cornwall at my aunt's house, and mm. it was the first episode of Next Generation. Uh, I don't even know what episode that is. I don't remember yeah. anything about it, apart from the shiny bald head of Patrick Stewart. <laughs> uh, and I remember thinking, but that's not Captain Kirk. Oh... Yeah, because I, you know, grow, growing up with the with yeah. the, the old generation. I remember everyone at school being really excited, and, going, and there's this man who wears a visor instead of his eyes. I liked him. And there's a yeah, and there's a, and there's a man with yellow eyes who's actually a robot, and everyone's really and it's like a massive deal at the time. But this is how little I know about Star Trek. Okay, mm. so the guy with the yellow eyes that's a robot that's Data. Yes. The guy with the visor, mm. I know I can picture him. He's a black yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, and he wears a visor because he's blind and that's yes. his eyesight thingy yeah. I don't know his name 
Well, still, you know quite a lot. That's still quite good. His name's Geordie LaForge. Oh, okay. I recognise the name Geordie LaForge, but I wouldn't have yeah. known that that was his name. Yeah. And I can't name. name any other characters. There's the, the smug git with the beard. <laughs> Riker. Riker. He's always leaning on things. Colonel Riker? <laughs> I don't think he's a colonel. <laughs> what kind of other great? What other uh, Commander Riker? Commander, I think. Okay. But he's um, yeah. First name? I don't know. If it's, well, it's Commander Data. It's kind of his name's Will Riker. Will Riker. Yeah, and his name is spelt differently depending on which series it is. No. as well. sometimes it's Riker. In the early ones, it's Riker with a Y. And then they changed and they, it. They decide it's going to be an I later on. That's embarrassing. I'm in computers. I'm in the mainframe. I was never a stand-up in my spare time. Oh, how would you describe it? I didn't have any spare time. (laughs) Because I was teaching five days a week. Mm. And I was gigging five nights a week as well. I'd finish school and I would gig every night as well. Mm. I'd drive around the country and, you know, I'd drive to Birmingham for a gig and then drive back and then go to school in the morning and teach but I knew that I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be a teacher for the rest of my life. Right. I knew that I wanted to be a comedian, mm. but I also knew that I couldn't give up my job as a teacher because then I would have no money. I mean, it was a really difficult school, but I loved it. I loved the challenge, and I think that is what made me a better comedian. Mm. Is standing in front of the class every day for an hour, trying to teach these sixteen-year-old boys science and they're just I mean they weren't interested mind you neither was I but I mean I tried to make it interesting for them yeah or try to keep their attention for an hour and I was only 21 or 22 when I started mm-hmm. teaching so like, there was not a massive age gap between yeah. us yeah did you find it was good kind of training ground for mm. doing stand up so yeah trying to keep Even people's attention at that time I didn't know that I wanted sure. to be a stand up yeah. yeah when I look back on it yeah it was a really good training for me does yeah. that include dealing with hecklers as well <laughs> yeah because those kids were really difficult they were more difficult than a heckler mm. a heckler is just usually a drunk bloke or woman mm. who just says get off or shut up you're not funny mm. but these kids were really rough they'd be like leaving my lesson through the windows dancing <laughs> on the tables they'd go oh, god miss this is so shit this is so boring miss oh why do we have to do this you know that kind of thing which I've never got as a comedian <clears throat> Mm. It was ever sort of got up and gone, God, you're shit. <laughs> oh, mate, why don't you just give up? How long are you going to do this for? I mean, no one, no one's ever done that in a yeah. in a gig. Even like drunk people think they're helping you. Mm. They're trying to be funny rather than trying to. Or they, or they say, I'm trying to help you. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm trying to help you. These kids never wanted to help me, mm. and they and they'll even say, you know, I don't, we weren't here to help you. We just couldn't be, you know we just couldn't understand why you wanted to teach what did you teach like general science or a specific time well my degree was in biochemistry mm-hmm. and but i teach i used to teach physics chemistry and biology well you've got that in your back pocket now if you ever need a biochemistry degree you've got that. <laughs> that's such a load of rubbish something to fall back on you would never want to fall back on anything apart from what you want to do I mean, it's, it's not like it's if I fail as a comedian, I'll go back to being a science teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I ha- no, it's just not going to work mm. like that. I hated it. Yeah, yeah when you know you've, there's something you've got to do, you've got to you do, do that it. forever, don't you? Fall back on. I mean, mm. such a ridiculous phrase that your parents have invented. I'm on computers. I'm on the shore. Well, have, have a have a have a Cadbury's mini egg. Thank you. Is it snack time? 
I mean, the, the reason I thought we should start off with the, with the classic Cadbury's mini egg mm. is there's been complaints online where people are saying they don't taste the same this year. But I don't, I don't detect any difference in these. They're like, they're, they're, no, they're, people are going, oh, they're a bit sweeter, the chocolate isn't as chocolatey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for heaven's sake, delicious. <laughs> anyway, who dares? Who dares take on Cadbury's in the mini egg arena? But, um, but Barrett, who, um, not to be confused with Cadbury's Treeball Bassett. Barrett's are the people who make... Um, homes. Uh, no, homes, yeah. I've made that uh, Yeah, good one. <laughs> uh, Barrett, Barrett, Barrett make, uh, I think, the blackjack and the fruit salad. Oh, and, oh yeah. And now the, the lovely mini-eggs. They're now part of the Tangerine uh, Corporation, which sounds like something out of a Resident Evil game. And they're targeting this as kind of a 40-gram bag. Min- mini-eggs, by comparison, will often come in, what, a 100-gram bag? I think that's, that's a 100-gram bag, the, the standard one, and then there's a little plastic drum. And then, and then when we open them out, again, very, very, very similar mm-hmm. format. Is it a bit smaller than a mini egg? Oh, nicely spec. I don't know. Actually, it's I quite think. similar. To be honest, look, they're, they're uncannily similar oh. shapes. But in a blind taste test, yeah. you will, every time you will know the difference. Mm. And the theory was that Barrett's going to position this as a cheap alternative, as a kind of pocket money alternative to buying, you know, a plastic drum. Or a big old bag. I think that would make it tastier, I think. <laughs> that, that's a bit of an oversight. <laughs> they really have used the wrong chocolate. Let's swiftly move on to see what the big boys are unleashing. These are Toy Story intergalactic speckled eggs. And look, nice. it's a bit of a... They're chunky. Enormous eggs. Most of them are the same colour. Maybe you've just got an unlucky Lots of orange ones, yeah. These, these are huge. They taste, to me, a lot like the Barrett mini eggs. But they're bigger. Mm. I like the size. Nice. I like the form factor. But I just wish the chocolate was a bit better. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're, they're, I mean, they are very crunchy. People are complaining. Cadbury's mini eggs are too crunchy this year. They should try these. These blighters. Yeah. The other thing that intrigues me, and I don't know whether it's a promotion for Toy Story Three mm. or just normal Toy Story or something like that. The the uh, the packet is decorated with obviously. A picture of Buzz Lightyear, Woody from Toy Story, and an alien. Mm. Now, of those three, I assume only the alien is, uh, is uh, I think the technical term is, is oviparous. <laughs> only, uh, only, 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 only the alien is likely to lay eggs. I think I've got one more, uh, like, one more brand of mini eggs just to try it. And this is, this is real upmarket oh, stuff. these look good. These are, uh, you can hear, these aren't, ra- these aren't rustling. These are just rattling. Oh. These, are like, these are in Sainsbury's. These are from... From Duck. I think it used to be Duck d'Or, didn't it? Now it's just Golden Duck. Is it d'Or or I don't know. Cool. <gasps> wow, these that's are bigger like than a, the Toy Story that's eggs. That's like an ostrich egg. These are about a, a pound for four. <laughs> so they, they better be finest Belgian quality. But actually, looking at the colours from the outside, you can't tell whether they're going to be mini eggs or enormous chewing gum gobstoppers. It's so, uh, Dave, what, what's your initial reaction on the, the duck egg? It's not bad. It's a kind of praline mix of like of hazelnut and chocolate, with quite a thick. Uh, look, there's a kind of dual layer to the um, mm. to the coating. There's a candy coating, and then something that if it was if it's a Christmas cake, yeah. it would be marzipan. Yeah. It doesn't look like it. it; just looks like it's something else. And this is the best of the lot. It's not bad. I mean, you know, I'm a bit disappointed they haven't gone, they haven't done a bit more with the decoration because they don't look as nice. And in terms of size, mm-hmm. I think the bigger the better, frankly. <laughs> well, in that case, in that case, you may be entertained <laughs> by our final entrant. And often, I don't have a supermarket own brand stuff, but I was. Um, someone did alert me uh, on the Snack Spot website to the the quacky surprise egg. Oh, it's got a 
It's got a secret it, surprise inside it. Yeah, is, well, and then they give away the secret surprise, because as you can see, who, who's that little fellow in there? It's a little chick. It's Quacky the surprise egg chick. This is quite a substantial item. Like, look. Okay. It has a mallow chick inside. It's yeah, that's chick. why I bought the knife. So, oh, God. Oh, and there he is. Quacky the slightly disgruntled looking... <laughs> Easter chick, so this is this is this is uh, probably kind of cute. Sainsbury's standard chocolate. Um, yeah, do, you wanna, do, do you want to try a piece <laughs> let's, of quacky? Let's, let's try the chocolate and then let's break some, up the. Uh, see if oh, I can, see if he can cut his head off or something. I'm like, God, it's really tough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way you're tearing it apart. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's delightful, like candy floss. <laughs> How much did it set you back the, the quacky uh, surprise egg? Um, well. Um, I was going to say not much, probably about 60 or 70p. Okay. But to be honest, the vast majority of, um, of Easter eggs are, are less than a pound uh, yeah. now due to the, 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 the insane price, so this, price wars. That chocolate's this, quite unpleasant. That's right? not chocolate, is it? It tastes all funny and powdery. It tastes like fat. This is the other reason I don't cover much supermarket uh, own brand stuff. Often quite nice ideas, but let down a bit on the, on, on the execution. Nonetheless, opening the door for, for more e- more eggs with stuff inside. Yeah, that's good. Well, anyway, well, ha- happy Easter. Happy. That's like a good, good, good snacking. Happy Easter. Because last week, the Guardian sent me to um, Andorra. Uh, it's in the Pyrenees um, between France and Spain and they sent me there for a week on a free skiing holiday to learn to ski and then write an article about it. It was called the Big Snow Festival and it was really bad because I just thought, I, I was really nervous. I thought, I don't want anyone to recognise me. I don't want anyone to, I want to just be here anonymously. I don't want to have to explain anything, you know. And I was given a press pass. <laughs> So I had to wear this press pass all the time. So I thought, I know, I won't tell them about the comedy bit. I'll just say that I'm a journalist. Yeah. I'm just writing a travel piece. So the skiing instructor would say to me, oh, you're wearing a press pass, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm right for The Guardian and I, you know, I just, I'm just here to write a travel piece really about learning to ski. And then everybody was really interested. Like, oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God, what a great job. Did they pay for you to come out here? I was like, yeah, yeah, but I'm just writing about the skiing, learning to ski, yeah, right. And it was all going well. Nobody, nobody recognised me or anything. Then I was on the ski slopes one day, and this DJ went past. Who was a DJ for XFM, and he went, "You look really familiar." And I went, and he went, "Are you from London?" And I felt like re- I felt like putting on a Pakistani accent or something. Oh, what are you? What are you talking? What are you talking about? And I thought, well, can't because I'm there with all the class, you know. So I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from London. He went, oh, I know who you are. I saw you at once. And I and I just quickly, honestly, I just got my skis on and I was just rolling. Down. I said, I've got to go. I've got to go. <laughs> And then um, the class, they, didn't still, they still didn't know anything. They just thought I was writing a piece. And they were really fascinated by the piece. We're going, oh, you know, what are you going to write in this piece? <laughs> I said, oh, I'm just going to make it funny, you know. How long have you been writing for The Guardian? Oh, you know, just a few months. Well, what kind of things do you write? <laughs> and, then I, and then, you know, when you, you never, you're not expected. They ask you unexpected questions. You're not prepared. I, I just went, oh, you know, I just normally write comedy. And they're oh, really? <laughs> And then so I, I sort of didn't talk about it anymore. And they took loads of pictures while we were skiing and stuff. 
And then yesterday, they put all the pictures up on Facebook <laughs> and they tagged me in these pictures, right? And of course, my name comes up on Facebook that I'm a comedian. <laughs> and I thought, oh no, they know. And the skiing instructor emailed me and he went, what's this about you being a comedian? See, people get really worried that I'm only there to use them as material. Oh, you're not doing this for me? Like, in the past one, my parents have set me up on a date with a guy and I turn up and they go, oh, it's you. Oh, you're not doing this for material, are you? It's like, no, I'm actually doing it because I'm trying to find a husband. (laughs) Oh, you're not doing this as material. And then it's a really bad way to start off anything. Because they never believe you. They always think you're doing it as material. So my skiing instructor had, had emailed me, like, what's this about you being a comedian? And I said, yeah, I am, but oh, I didn't want everyone to know about it. I just wanted to be anonymous this week. So is that more but, about putting other people at their ease and making them less self-conscious about yeah, you? Or is it, yeah. is it that you're sort of all Yeah, it's a geeky thing to do, isn't it? But if you say that you're a comedian, mm. especially as a, as a woman, mm. they... Oh, where'd you do that then? Mm. Oh, is that your job? Do you make a living from that? Oh, are you funny? Yeah. And it's like, it's the most, it seems like it's such an odd thing for them, even though it's normal to me. Yeah. Just a million, I hate it. It becomes really kind of intrusive, like, um, just from sort of saying to people that you've done a funny book or that you're writing, so you've been writing, I'm doing some writing today. What were you writing about? Mm. It's like, well, <laughs> what did you do in your job? Yeah. Tell me, what, you sent some emails, what were they? Show me them. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, it's, it's Why do people like, want to know? Like, it's, it's your job, it's just your work. And, and I don't know, people, I find that some, somehow it's fine for people to ask every detail. People who work in insurance and banks and building societies... It's a bit of a fantasy for them mm. to that somebody's a writer or a comedian. It's not somebody that they would normally meet in their ordinary life. So when they meet somebody on the ski slopes yeah. that says there's a comedian, oh, my God, really? I've never met one of those yeah, before. Yeah. It's quite rare. It's quite it's, exciting, isn't it? Yeah. And also, I also think a lot of people in their day-to-day jobs who work in insurance and um, banks and teaching and stuff like that, a lot of them don't love what they do. Mm. And they've just gone into it and they're stuck in it. Mm. And in an ideal world, in their fantasy world, they would love to have been a writer Mm. or a model or a comedian or something that Mm. they're not. Mm. And I think a part of them is fascinated by that. Mm. But I I find it really intrusive. And Mm. I I don't know any comedians that like to talk about Mm. it when they're not, you know, with people in their own business. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, if you say you're a comedian, people are really disappointed that you're not that funny in real life. <laughs> yeah. What, constantly? Like yeah, every minute of every like, day? You're a comedian. You're just a normal oh. person, after all. Yeah. Well, oh, I didn't think you were that. Like now, they're probably all going, she's a comedian, bloody hell, she wasn't that funny on the slopes. <laughs> That's probably what they're all saying. Of course jokes. I wasn't funny on the slopes. They would just try out five minutes while I'm on the top of here. You're doing something else at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was there, right, to learn to ski to write an article, yeah. which will be funny. It will be a funny article, but mm. I think it'd be really sad if I was like, practicing my stand up at the top of the hill. But yeah, so did you see the Star Trek films, the, um, the old ones? Not all of them. I've seen the one with the whales, which I'm told. By all my Star Trek uh, friend fans that you're not supposed to call it the one with the whales because you look like a person who doesn't know about Star Trek. Right. But 
I think there might be some convention that the odd numbered ones are bad and the even numbered ones are good. Oh, interesting. Is that a thing? Yeah, I, th- I, ha- I think I have heard something similar to that. Um, but I think that the one you're describing, I think, is the Star whales. Trek Four. Yeah. The Voyage something oh. with the whale the voyage with the whales the voyage with the whales that's the one and it's I'm sure gone. this is all correct <laughs> please don't don't email in your Star Trek trivia please <laughs> but I think that's the one with the computer mouse where uh, Kirk picks it up and says computer into the mouse and that's the best moment of any Star See? Trek thing ever it's funny sometimes that's a funny moment um, I'll forgive a lot because of that moment actually well, I think we're both in danger of having our geek credentials revoked <laughs> I know we're going to get our, our stripes taken off us or something yeah. this feels like a confession I feel like I'm sitting mm. here saying but I don't like Star Wars really oh no that's okay well there's, uh, there's good and there's bad Star Wars you must like uh, episode 4 and you hope that's, that's uh, brilliant surely I, d- I don't know which one that is no no seriously I know I know as much about this as you know about oh, bloody TNG hell. okay well let's test this theory yeah. so um, A New Hope <laughs> is the, the earliest and oldest film it's the one in which the, the story is revealed it was the first film that was made okay yeah and it's really so good so it's the original one with, yeah. the, with the brother and sister getting it on and stuff all that so, yeah all that incest and Luke being my father and uh Jabba the Hutt and Yoda and all that shit. Yeah, there's large elements of all the things. Are there any Ewoks said, in so it? No, there's no Ewoks in right. this film. This is the best film. Okay. Well, it may be the best film. I think probably uh, Empire Strikes Back is is actually the best film. Okay. Uh, which is the second film, which is darker. Yeah. You, to continue your education, you need to yes. watch Empire Strikes Back. Right. And then you can watch Return of the Jedi, and then you don't really have to bother with Phantom Menace and everything after. No, that. I've seen some of those, and I they were bother. shit. Yeah, no, yeah, really that's terrible. Yeah, but the, the original three. Uh, yeah, no, gen- genuinely mm. quite good films. To be fair, I don't hate the first one, and I think that's probably the only one I've seen. I just don't really, I don't really like it. I didn't really get into it. I thought it was a bit weird and po-faced in seventies. Um, I quite, you know, I quite like Yoda. I like that he talks all backwards and funny. That's quite nice. <laughs> like a fraggle. <laughs> yeah, a bit excessively exactly like a fraggle. Like a fraggle. That's great. Yeah, or like a sort of that German language structure thing that he's got going on. Yeah, and, I, and I like the... Uh, the I like the, at the end. Yeah, it's, it's help you again. Like, help you again. <laughs> Can you do a Chewbacca impression? Um, no, probably not. Can you? I'm not sure. Probably not. Uh, not not really, but... <laughs> like a motorbike. Yeah, it's not brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Does he actually speak, Evel? Does no. Just noises? No, he can't right. speak. Uh, Does he go, like, hello? <laughs> No, he doesn't speak. He doesn't speak in English anyway. He speaks. He probably speaks Wookie. But I think Han, uh, who's his mate, has been with him for so long that he speaks Wookie as well now, or at least understand it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that he's like his dog. Yeah. He probably wouldn't describe himself like that. I think they'd probably describe themselves as friends. Yeah, right. (laughs) But but everyone knows, really. But. I just want to see my new phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite exciting. They gave this. They gave this to me free at, at GDC. Who, who's oh. they? Google. Google Sponsored gave you a phone. It. Yeah, it's this. This is the Motorola Droid. Did, did every attendee get given a phone? No, only the speakers. I was a speaker, Ooh. and I think people on the mobile track got them. We should say who you are as well, because people mm. assume you're Dave Green, but you're not, are you? <laughs> I'm not. I'm Simon Green. My goodness, he's got a brother. Dave's brother. Welcome to Shift Run Stop, Dave. Uh, Simon. Oh, th- th- thank you. And which one are you? Are you Rue, or are you, are you the other one? I'm, I'm the girl. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Rue. I'm the lad. And um, yeah, they was the one with the long hair. But what I was going to ask you, Simon, was your um, you were at GDC. I was at GDC. Yes, and you were presenting. 
I was. I was talking about fluid rendering, actually, which is a, a speciality of mine, which sounds wrong somehow. I, but, want, you, um, I want you to define it. Are you <laughs> talking about rendering of fluids, or are we talking about a new technique for rendering? Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's specifically for displaying fluids, so, you know, water or mm-hmm. blood or any kind of, you know, oozing or runny object, really. Cool. Are you still trying to figure out how to switch that off? Yeah, or cover it up. <laughs> I think there's a volume button on the there side. Go, there you go. Let's push that all the way down. Are there games that employ your, your fluid rendering techniques that we would know about? Uh, not really. It's kind of technology that we're developing, which we're trying to push into games. Okay. You know, I suppose kind of physics and you know get games to do more kind of realistic interaction with real world objects and kind of make them more realistic. Cool. And who's that for? What are you, who are you working with? So I, I work for Nvidia, who are a big uh-huh. PC. Kind of graphics company, uh, okay. you, might, you might have heard I've of, heard of yeah. them. Are there words that you have to use in your day-to-day work that you've uh, kind of learnt from fluid dynamics? Yes, I talk about viscosity mm-hmm. more than perhaps normal people would. <laughs> yes, yeah, surface tension, of course, very, <laughs> very important yeah. in the, the fluid simulation. The, um, oh, my, my physics is The meniscus. Me. The meniscus. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dave. Rue was miming that. I'd like, I, I didn't read that out of his mind. I did do a meniscus uh, nice. layer with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> the international sign language for, for surface tension and uh, curvature. That's good. And how does it feel to have Dave Green as your brother? Like, you must be very proud. <laughs> you know, I've been trying to live up to that for a, ever since I was a, a young man. Um, no, it, it feels good. I, I have a, an endless supply of crisps and sweets, which is <laughs> handy. It's definitely a, a bonus, yeah. You can't so beat that. With your um, fluid, fluid rendering work, do you have to like go into the field and test drop fluids into the sink and just look at things and, I don't know, oh, yeah, you, know, it, you it, notice it, fluids more in your life. I do, actually, yeah. It does make you look at uh, the world in a slightly different way. You know, in the shower, you do end up kind of looking at the droplets. Mm. Wow, that's, that would require a lot of computation. And when you're watching, like, films that have got CGI water in them, like, well, Titanic was on the other day, wasn't it? Um, things like that. Are you more conscious of whether it's done well or not? No, Is definitely, yeah. So I saw 2012, the, oh, yeah, the disaster yeah. film recently, and that's that. just, like, fluid simulation porn, just in the Is fact it? <laughs> it just has so much, you know, explosions mm. and splashes and huge tidal waves, mm. and, you know, they had whole rack server farms working on simulating right. that stuff for, for weeks so yeah that, that was quite exciting although it was a terrible film so. yeah did you think the water was done well yeah the, the water was yeah. really really good yeah. At it, yeah but yeah good fluid simulation doesn't make a good film unfortunately so when your parents set you up on these dates do you find that um that you have to be less truthful about your work or, or does it go how does it go well, down when you say you're, you're a lot of times because my mum thinks the reason I'm not married is because I'm a comedian right because when I get home like comedy in our house comedy like this is the C word like <laughs> no no we're not allowed to say this it's the C word in our house like we just don't talk about it at all um, and the thing is she thinks I'm not married because I'm a comedian she thinks that, that that's what puts men off <laughs> And it does. Because not all men, but some men. And so when she sets me up on a date, often she's told that person or that person's parents that I'm a teacher. And I've turned up and they've gone, oh, it's you. Oh, you look familiar. And then halfway through the date, they'll go, I know who you are. Um, and then it's all changed. I've never, ever sort of told people what I do straight off I just go oh I work in the media which is such a broad thing <laughs> work in the media yeah. and the some media. nosy buggers always go oh what part of the media yeah. Any, anything in particular do you have any contracts with people I've had some one guy say to me do you, have, do you work for the BBC 
White City, which whereabouts? <laughs> oh my god, I've only just met you. Are you going to track me down and stalk me? White City, not building. Which building? Which building do you work in? Right. Oh, you know, really, people become really interested, you know. And loads of times when I say to people I work in the media, all these guys, they always go, Oh, you're a newsreader. Really? How weird. That's a weird one too. Because that's all Asian women do on TV is newsread, you see. So oh. they think, oh, Asian woman, TV, newsreader. Must be a newsreader. <laughs> Loads of times. I've had people stop me in the street and go... in the way. <laughs> <laughs> they're always so good looking. <laughs> newsreader, comedian. Yeah. Wow. I mean, but the thing is, I've had people stop me in the street and ask me if I'm a newsreader. They go, I know you. You do Channel 4 news. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of times that has happened in the street. That's, that's brilliant. Funny. Somebody once said to me, stop me in Edinburgh in the Pleasance Courtyard. I went, oh, I just love you. Oh. That's brilliant, though, Oh, isn't it? honestly, Omid Jalili, you're my favourite. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> they thought I was Omid Jalili. <laughs> That's as far from a compliment the as you can get. overweight... Iranian bold male comedian Asian woman (laughs) with lots of lovely hair but I think they just thought the name Shazia Mirza or Jelly. but in context you always know what he means because he he, just is always presumably saying helpful lovely things like oh I'll open that door for you He's the best character. If people are listening to this and want to, you know, kind of support us and, and help make Shift Run Stop better, the first thing they could do is buy a cassette tape. Because, as you might not know if you're a new listener, uh, this is one of the only podcasts that we can think of anyway that's also provided in physical form. It's the, it's the only it's the only one. It's yeah. the, surely it's the only one. It's the only one that I've ever heard of. Be brave. Let's go for it. This. Yeah, yeah, let's let's continue to claim this. A, a world exclusive. Uh, yes. You can you can acquire this podcast in uh, physical cassette tape form. A C ninety cassette tape could wing its way to your door with one or two episodes on it, hand illustrated by us or even a guest. Oh, or sometimes it's fancy. a guest. Sometimes yeah. it is. Uh, so you can definitely do that. And the other thing that we're doing is uh, I think we're on to our third week now of our sponsorship from Audible who sell audiobooks on the internet and you can get a free audiobook if you sign up for their trial thing. Yeah, it's a two-week trial. Uh, You get to be a member of Audible for two weeks for free Uh, and after that, if you don't want to pay them any money, uh, cancel it before the two weeks are up Um, and everyone who signs up for the free trial, they'll give us a little bit of money for, so that's nice. So that'll help us as well. That was Shift Run Stop, available on iTunes or from the website shiftrunstop.co.uk. Also, goodbye, Dave. Bye. And goodbye, Simon. Bye. That was like a, like you, a stereo effect. Well, the thing is, and like, and the reason a lot of musical groups uh, are made out of brothers is because their voices harmonise very, very <laughs> like, like gentle. Yeah, very, very beautifully. Let's say goodbye now in harmony. Goodbye. I'm confused.